Here's the thing. Used to be the kind of patients we deal with here were shackled and left in their own filth. They were beaten, as if whipping them bloody would drive the psychosis out. We drove screws into their brains. We submerged them in icy water until they lost consciousness or even drowned. And now? We treat them, try to heal, try to cure. And if that fails, at least we provide them with a measure of comfort in their lives, calm. These are all violent defenders, right? I mean, they've hurt people, murdered them in some cases. In almost all cases, yes. And personally, Doctor, I'd have to say, screw their sense of calm. Hi. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Welcome back to How Have You Not Seen This? Uh, the last podcast on Earth. Uh, we we're hope you're it. enjoying we're, wherever you are. We're all that's left. Yep. In your bunker. It's very, very fun. Have you eaten all your protein bars? Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, drunk. Yeah, she is. She's a little drunk and I'm working on it because I got a beer <laughs> right here that no one can see, but is very tasty. And today, so we're a podcast um, where a husband and a wife, that's Daniel. That's me. I'm Daniel, the husband. And I'm Tracy. And we have a special guest. Your favorite, my brother, Price Manford, all the way from Brooklyn Heights. Say hi. Yeah, I'm quarantined. He's quarantined, so he has nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be real easy to get guests for a while. Yeah. <laughs> no one has any options. No one. Can hey, I'm, no. I'm available tomorrow. Uh, I'm available <laughs> later today. Uh, I'm yeah. available yeah. anytime in the near future since every day is the same. Yep, yeah. It's the worst yeah i lost all track of time this week we did i just kept coming in and asking if it was friday and he's like it's tuesday and i was like okay yeah working um, in your friday you're like great it's the weekend yeah I'll, now I can we now... can not do anything yep can't again. wait to continue sitting in my house just not working for a few hours but yeah. my right. I have a cock of a professor who was like, hey, how about the first day back at school? I give you a fucking exam. And I was like, sir, this is the podcast where a husband and wife show each other movies. The other one should have seen by now. Yeah. And he was like, wait, what? And how I did was you like, even get on this podcast? <laughs> don't know what you're doing here, but you don't belong. Exactly. So um, last week we did. I introduced Daniel to Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which was awesome. Awesome and movie. And you loved it. I did. It was great. And we also got some love from the man currently not playing Hedwig in Israel because they are shut down. But that was cool. Also, I heard from my new best friend, Lady Amanda MC. I mean, Lady Amanda MC. What's cracking, Lady Amanda? She is my new best friend and she has really rad glasses. Drop it. And we were really happy to hear from her. Drop it. Drop it like it's hot. And, um, yeah, so we've spent the week in quarantine, which has been awful. It's gone great. I think we've had an amazing time. But we're not sick. No. And we're social distancing, which is what you should all be doing. Yes. Price, are you social distancing? Kick an ass at it. boy. Okay, he's like coming in and out. Well, let's see what happens then. Okay, we'll try. Just for the listeners at home who have not, you know, raided their neighbor's shelters by now, we are recording this with new software for us to capture a video call on the internet and then turn that into a podcast. We are making this up as we go. Yes, but Price really loves the movie that Daniel showed me this week. And so we were like, you should come and be on the podcast. Yes, and that movie is Airbud Golden Retriever. 
So pig in the well, thing. I was told it was actually supposed to be Airbud three, but uh, I also am a fan of Airbud one. Okay, good. Uh, good I should good, be able. To- <laughs> I mean, my goal long term is to just slowly turn this into an Airbud podcast or an Airbudcast, and then just not even talk about anything else. There you go. That's all I want. Oh my god. So no, uh, this week we watched Shutter Island from 2010, directed by Martin Scorsese, which was new to Tracy. Yeah, I had seen it before, as had her brother Price. It was awesome. Ooh, nice. I also wonder if we should just turn this podcast into a Madi. Madi. Yeah, we could, do a, we could do a lot of podcast Scorsese. Because seriously, that's all he would show me if he was given the option. The man made the good movies. Madi. Yeah. So I guess what do we do? What, what do we first you move? say, how have you not seen this? Hey, have you not seen this? Um, when, okay, I'll know why I know why actually, when it came out, they promoted it and I could be wrong. I should go back and look at trailers. We don't do research on this podcast. I, we don't believe in that. Nope. If you want research on movies, on podcasts, we can give you a list. Yeah. But we don't do that here. No. It was promoted as a horror movie, which I think is really fucking stupid. And I did not, I do not like horror movies at all. And so I was like, not interested. So it was the promotion of the movie that made me go, It was, yeah. Nah. It It was was that fucking creepy ass bitch at the very beginning who's like, shh. The lady with the eyes and the hair. No, thank you. Yeah, it was promoted as a horror movie. And it is not a horror movie in any way. No. I don't understand it. Why they would do that? Yeah, it's like a it's like a Scorsese's version of Hitchcock. Basically, yes. it's not like a horror horror movie, like where you're going to be freaked out. Yes, you know, you jumped a couple of times, but it's not like a, a gross out kind of thing. It's a mystery drama thriller, but it's not a horror movie. No, not at all. The only gore is that is the Nazi. Yeah, so there's a Nazi. We'll talk about him. So yeah, that's how that's so that's why you you avoided it, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that you finally got a chance to catch up with it because there's there's a lot to offer it. Um, so, Price, you'd seen this, though. You saw it, I guess, when it came out? I saw it in theaters when it came out uh, because I'm a massive Leo DiCaprio fan. Uh, and it was, you know, it's interesting. They, I don't know if I saw it as a horror film, but they kind of have to set it up as like a whodunit in order for the ruse to work. And so it's that's what's so great about the movie, and I know we'll talk about it, that like you're suckered in until the last second. You're like, but this is Leonardo DiCaprio solving this like who done it, right? And like right. by the end, you're still like, no, but he's gonna figure this out, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like a who done it up upon a who done it upon a who done it. Cause you're like, oh, he's gonna find this lady. Wait, now he's gonna figure out what's behind that. Wait, now he's gonna wait. What is he trying to figure out? Like is it is it his own personal thing? Is it the missing lady? Is it what's going on in the lighthouse? You know, what what is he actually trying to figure out? They just keep piling stuff on. And then when it gets torn down at the end, you're like, wait, but what was real? Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's like it's not just like a twist, but it's like three twists wrapped up together at the end. Yes. Um, so uh, a real quick just recap for those who have not seen the movie in a while, which might be a lot of you. Shutter Island came out in 2010, again, directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Leonardo DiCaprio as U.S. Marshal Edward Teddy Daniels, who goes with his partner, played by Mark Ruffalo, to a psychiatric facility on Shutter Island called Ashcliff, where they are investigating a missing persons case. There's a, a patient who has apparently gone missing, and they go out there to investigate it. 
And he is tasked with finding this woman while also investigating and interviewing the people that run the facility, including Ben Kingsley as the lead psychiatrist, uh, Max von Sydow, RIP, RIP. as uh, one of the German doctors there. It is set in 1954. Daniels is a veteran of World War II. That's like the one sentence premise. And like that's that gets you like four minutes into the movie. After yeah. that, <laughs> shit just goes sideways. Um, Because the movie's about identity and memory and figuring stuff out. And almost from the jump, it gets confusing about who knows what, who is what, who really understands what's going on. So the mystery of Daniel's trying to figure out what's happening on this island and what happened to this missing patient they're looking for becomes the ongoing mystery. And obviously it's a 10 year old movie. We're going to be talking about it in detail. So we're just going to have to talk about just turn it off. Give, if yeah. you haven't seen it, if you like, haven't seen it, it's on know. HBO right now. Watch it. Yeah. yeah. And I would say what's going to be really cool about this is that it's a movie that's, I, I was trying to think about before I watched it again this morning in anticipation. And it's a movie that, completely changes between the first watch and the second watch because totally. you, you once you know you look at the movie so differently and you it, it's i was trying to think of one that could match up the first mission impossible since we always talk about mission possible is kind oh. of a good call yeah, like, good call you watch every scene differently and you watch like characters eyes and where they move because you know their actual motivation versus when yeah. you watch it the first time and I'm so eager to hear the, the parts like that Tracy was most drawn to because even rewatching it this morning, you pay so much closer attention to like the blocking of the scenes and like what people are doing. Like I can't wait to tell some of the stuff that I know Tracy missed and just have her yeah basically be fried when I tell her what tell her some of the stuff that she missed the first run through uh, that she'll yeah. see on like on like consequent views. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I'll go ahead and just like rip the bandaid for now for people. We're going to get into, of course, plot details and bounce around the movie a bunch as we go. But the finale of the movie, you find out that Teddy Daniels, Leonardo DiCaprio, is investigating the missing woman, Rachel Solando. But Daniels himself is actually a patient at the Ashcliffe facility on Shutter Island. His name is Andrew Latis. And when you rearrange those letters, you get Edward Daniels, Teddy Daniels, his alter ego. Uh, his wife Dolores Chanel you rearrange those letters and you get Rachel Solando the woman he's looking for he's in prison because his wife was mentally unstable insane murdered their three children by drowning them and he killed her and he is in prison for killing her but he's living in this delusion because he feels guilty for the death of his kids because he feels he should have gotten his wife help so he's constructed an elaborate never-ending fantasy world where there's always a conspiracy to unravel and he plays this marshal because he was a u.s marshal before this happened so he just he creates this alter identity for himself and is actually a patient there and the purpose of the movie is to try and shock him out of that delusion they created basically this large two or three day role play where they would all go along with his delusion, including the patients, including the patients. Yeah. The patients, doctors, everyone played along with him as if he was really us Marshal Teddy Daniels, not patient Andrew latest and played along with him and said, okay, let's actually find this stuff. And after a few days, have you actually found any evidence of these conspiracies, these evil doings, you know, do you know what's going on? And so it, uh, it starts to unravel. And the point of the movie is to bring him back to reality. So the finale they shock through and break through to him. And you realize that the man who'd played his partner, Chuck, the other U.S. Marshal, uh, Mark Ruffalo, is actually Dr. Sheehan, his main psychiatrist, who's been treating him for a couple of years. Yeah. 
from a psychological point of view, I have things I have I have things to say, but I'll get to them. Right. Um. So the the movie ends with them saying, "Okay, now that you've made this breakthrough, if you stay yourself in this balanced reality, then you can stay here on the facility. If not, lobotomized. You've got to be lobotomized." And so the next morning after the breakthrough, Leonardo DiCaprio is sitting there, and Dr. Sheehan, Mark Ruffalo, who again he used to think was his partner Chuck, comes up and says, "Hey, how are we doing today?" And DiCaprio says, we got to get off this island, Chuck. We got to get out here and get back to the mainland. And so then Sheehan signals to the other doctors that it's time for the lobotomy to actually take place and take him away. As the other doctors and orderlies are coming over to lead Latus away, he looks over and says, oh, This place makes me wonder. Yeah, what's that, boss? Which would be worse? To live as a monster? Or to die as a good man? And he shoots she in this look that says he knows what's going on and basically is, is tacitly admitting to pretending to have slipped back into a psychosis because he can't live with the guilt anymore. And so mm -hmm. he's voluntarily going off to be lobotomized. And that's, that's the heartbreak. Hey, that's a, that's a controversial take. Cause I, I we should talk about that at some point. Cause I, I we get at the end. what's uh, your take? Well, so uh, I had done some harebrained internet research. Thank that's you. The best kind. Uh, <laughs> best kind. And, yeah, exactly. I, I fell deep into a rabbit, uh, rabbit, rabbit hole. Uh, and apparently, so that, this is such a perfect quote for me because I never have read the book and I've only seen the movie. The, me either. The quote is not in the book and they had to get sign off from the author to include that at the, that, that at the end of the movie. Dennis and they were Lane, like, by the way. Yeah. And they were like, does, does this suggest that, that Andrew is realizing that he's saying, I want an lobotomy. And the author, now the author says, no. That was a momentary flash of him be, being back to himself, but he said he would never, his personality would never allow himself to commit suicide. So he gotcha. falls back into it. Now that's what they say. Now I do no, think that it creates, it does create a perfect ending. It's, it was, the article I read was comparing it of course to uh, Inception because it's just like, it lets you at the end be like, wait a second. Right. Inception's a good, good reference point because this came out in the spring of 2010 and Inception came out that summer. So Within like three or four months of each other, Leonardo DiCaprio starred in movies where he played a mentally unstable man dealing with the loss of a crazy ex-lover and coming <laughs> to grips with her actions and the ramifications on his life and the psychic price Who he paid he for them. Who was he dating at the time? I don't Jesus. know, but like when you, when you watch this in Inception back to back, you're like, this is almost the same. This is so, so similar. And she haunts him and like her hauntings right? affect all the other characters. Yeah, yes. exactly. it's the, about like, that. that's true. Yeah. Well, this was originally scheduled to come out in the fall of 09, but it was pushed to the spring of 2010. I found some like gossip and stuff on the internet saying it was for budgetary reasons. They wanted to push it to 2010 because they didn't have enough money to make a good Oscar campaign in the fall of 09. But it wound up being, you know, coming out a few months before Inception. And just it's really a funny coincidence because the movies share so much. I did not get that he knew that he was going to be lobotomized. I got oh. that he, well, maybe, I don't know. I just got that he was just like, maybe he knew, but I don't know. Now that I think about it, yours makes sense. So um, Price, you're, you're sure you're saying that the author, Dennis Lehane, who wrote Mystic River and a bunch of other stuff, oh uh, God. Gone Baby Gone, all sorts of things. You're saying that the author's contention in the book, which again, none of us have read, is that they bring Latest back, but then he slips back into the delusion. And so having no other choice, they wind up lobotomizing him. Do you think in the movie, he actually realized what he was saying and was volunteering for the lobotomy? Or do you think he slipped back into a delusion? The first few times I saw the movie, I was like, okay, he's he he realizes it and he's just more comfortable as Teddy. 
And that's why he's almost so casual and being like, yeah, we're too, we are too smart for him, aren't we? Like he, he's just so much more comfortable as Teddy. He just can't be, even though he knows it's wrong, he can't bring yeah. himself to be sure. I don't think him killing his wife mattered to him that much at all as, as much as it's his babies dying. And the fact that when he said uh, she felt like there was an insect in her brain and it was skittering around her skull. And he's like, I should have known I killed my children. Okay. That is something that I don't think a man could ever, I don't think our daddy could ever get over that. Like if someone, if bomb had killed the three of us, I don't think dad would have ever, ever gotten over that. Men are not as strong as women. We know this to be a fact. This is true. You're physically stronger, but you're not emotionally not stronger. Even that, not even physically stronger all the time. Well, you not can't have babies. Much. but That's nope. fairly accurate. Yeah. Um, now you want to know what I thought. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? I thought it was absolutely incredible. I loved the cast so much. I loved the major players. I loved the minor, like Patricia Clarkson as the as the made up but you know yeah. rachel salando she is she just even in just a small role she's so perfect and same with max von Sydow, like and he just for those of you that don't know he just passed away this week yeah last uh or the week before this it's past, been a weird I can't remember it's been like we don't know what what um but he passed away and he's been in uh everything uh levine um ted levine ted levine was from she, monk was she a and the signs of the lambs? Was she, a, big, lambs, was she yeah. a real big? Was she a real big fat person? Was she a great big fat. Was she person. a great big fat person. Was fuck me. Was she a great big fat person? Yeah, she was a big girl, sir. Why fuck me. <laughs> was she a great big fat person? Uh, I puts saw the him, lotion on its skin, and I was like, oh no! Yeah. Like I can't see him. Bless his heart. He's done so much great work, and I can't see him as anything other than than uh, Bob. Buffalo Bill. Buff Bill. Buffalo yes, Bill. thank you. Yep. Sorry again. I've had a lot of vodka. Um, yeah. <laughs> quarantine. We're quarantine. 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 Drinking. What's up? Hello. <laughs> that was terrible. It's there. Have any of my jokes ever been good? Counterpoint. Quarantine drinking. Let's all get drunk. Hey, let's have some quarantinis. <gasps> there you go. There I've actually seen those. Uh, I've actually oh, seen people have fuck that. Shit. Oh man. Well, uh, you okay. did not come up with that. But I we'll never let you do. Have that. What have I done that's original? Here, Nothing. give me a give me a cheers. There it is. Yay. Quarantini. Yep. Woo yeah. Got to get one too, though. Okay. Oh, Price just left. Quick, while Price he's gone. While he's gone, let's say shit. What do you guys think of Price? What do you guys think of Price? But I like, can really still hear you. Oh fuck. <laughs> Fuck, the internet's still on him. <laughs> Fuck. No. Okay, but, but no, but really, what do you think of Okay, Prince? so what did I think? I thought <laughs> that, I thought it was beautifully shot with the exception right? of the um, ridiculous green screen at the very beginning while they were on the boat. I was like, sure. come on, guys. But uh, the, I thought it was beautifully shot. I don't, I don't, you said they shot it near Dedham Prison. Um, uh, they shot it in and around Massachusetts and lots of stuff. Uh, I've got some stuff on that for you. Okay. It was filmed mainly in Massachusetts with Tauntaun, which is not a Star Wars animal, but apparently a city, oh. being the location for the World War II flashback scenes. Um, the old Medfield State Hospital in Medfield, Massachusetts, was a key location. Oh, man. Uh, they shot at Borderland State Park. You know, that's haunted in as shit. Eastern Mass oh, all these places are terrible. Don't go. If you're haunted in Massachusetts, as shit. don't go to any of these places. Don't go. Uh, they uh, filmed at Borderland State Park in Easton Mass. They used Pedix Island. Uh, East Point and Nahant, Nahant. I don't know what the fuck they're doing in New England with the names. It's their um, Native American names. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I apologize. 
Um, and then uh, Wilson Mountain Reservation in Dedham, Massachusetts was where they were caught in the hurricane. So, yeah, filmed all over there. And actually, I should tell you, you said it was shot really well and beautiful. The cinematography was done by a man named Robert Richardson, who's won the Oscar three times for best cinematography for JFK, The Aviator and Hugo. Those last two, of course, oh. Scorsese movies. He's worked with uh, Scorsese, Oliver Stone, John Sayles, Errol Morris, Tarantino. He's one of only three living people who's won the Oscar for Best Cinematography three times. Well, it was well-deserved. Yeah. Uh, he also did, he shot Kill Bill 1 and 2, Wag the Dog, oh my God, The Aviator, so Price. Nice. He shot Inglorious Bastards. He also shot Django and Hateful Eight. So He also shot, was a cinematographer on my Jordan brand, Respect Spot. <gasps> Shut the fuck up. Nice, man. Yeah. Oh, Bob was there. Bob was there and crushed that. Yeah, he was great. Like okay. he's, he's a great cinematographer. For those of you that don't know, that still make that commercial respect still makes me cry. When I see she's it. She's almost crying right now. It still makes me cry. I get like super emotional, even though Giuliani's in it. And I'm like, no. How weird is that now? It's so yeah. There should have been a scene weird. like Giuliani should have like a bird shit on him or something, or <laughs> or like somebody slaps him on the back of the head and like, hey, and they're like, okay, well, respect. But yeah. Oh man, well that's too awesome, bad. man. Yeah, too yeah. Bad didn't get head, hit in the head with a ball. That's very. That's a bit of a Ro- bit of trivia for you kids. Yeah, Robert Richardson. That's great. I've told you guys about Price uh, shooting that commercial, and um, and that's very cool that now we know it was a an Oscar-winning cinematographer who did Hell it, yeah. which makes sense when you watch it. Totally. Um, what else did I think? I I think that there were very obvious nods to me, but then again, I'm a mystery person. Sure. There were some obvious nods. I mean when the when the warden picks him up he's like crowley thought you could be trusted or whatever manipulated Manipu- I, I can't remember but controlled. you know controlled yeah. controlled but i can see that you can't like he gives him that whole god and violence speech and i'm like jesus christ and the looks like there were always these looks back and forth with people that i was like yeah why are you looking at him and why yeah. is he looking at this and they wouldn't give him the files and they wouldn't give him like there was all this stuff right that it's, i thought was really interesting uh-huh, uh-huh. i was like okay something isn't right because he is a u.s federal marshal and there's no way that he would go on this island and they'd be like no we're not giving you anything like that's not that wouldn't happen also the part where they're supposedly tearing the island apart looking for this woman and he comes down to the shore and the cops are all like playing cards on the rocks and like napping and i was like wait uh notice that because that's one that's one of the things that you notice when you watch and you're like oh right no one here is cares and they're like they're not actually looking for anyone because there's nobody like that that exists right which i think you're you were you're spot on for seeing that when you watched it last night because when the movie starts you're like with all the characters you're like okay this is our guy teddy we're on this mystery hunt etc etc and as it goes teddy stays on this path but i think you as the viewer are designed to separate from him and start to get suspicious sooner so that by the time it gets to the end you know something's up you you might not know um or even suspect the full details of what's going on you know but like you you're supposed to i think be pretty unsettled by the time you get to the end in terms of not knowing what is what and who is who but they do lead you they do intentionally marty leads you intentionally down this road where you're like wait maybe nazis are doing this because max von sideout is clearly just comes across as like 
Oh yeah, he's not. I don't think, but he comes across as this fucking evil Nazi doctor, well, and, and you're like, played, uh, like, what? He played an evil Nazi in Three Days at the Condor. Like, yes. And the, the thing is, Daniels uh, starts to think latest as Daniels. His suspicion is that the island is being used by commies and former Nazis to run mind control experiments on people to turn them into like unthinking killing machines yes that's what he thinks is happening secretly yes on Ashley. why do i do air quotes when it's a podcast i do it the same no one, i do the same thing don't no worry about him anyway um, um whoa <laughs> i don't like that uh i thought that oh i love his i love him so much uh he was so good in little children or um jackie earl haley jackie earl haley god he's so good he's great and he just had this minor role as as a you know a player in the in the game but shit he, was he plays good. a psychotic patient named george noyce you're a fucking rat in a maze george george you're wrong you're wrong no. really been alone much since you got here I've been with my partner. You never worked with him before, have you? He's a, he's a U.S. Marshal. You've from never the worked with him before, have you? George, look, I, I know people. I, I trust this man. And they've already won. You make a good point. He plays this little minor role, but he's really good at it. This movie does a cool thing where it brings on people like Jackie Earl Haley and Ted Levine and Patricia Clarkson to do like one scene at a time of just like an awesome scene. And that's it. Like Patricia Clarkson's only in the one scene. You only see Ted Levine three times, two of which he's not talking. And then he has the, the long Jeep ride with Leo where he gives him the God and violence speech. You only see Jackie Earl Haley that one time yeah. when he and Leo have that face off through the bars of the ward. He's also not the same person that Leo remembered mm -hmm. when Leo first remembered um, George Noyce. He was actually uh, Casey. What's his name from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Oh, those, that's separate. So that's, that's that, Elias Cotius. Yeah. If I, I oh. mispronounce his name, but he's a legend. Um, he is a great. He's he's. Teddy's manifestation of, of latest. Of oh, latest. latest, that's right. Thank yeah. you. So he's, remember, bad. he's got the scar across his face. Yeah, so that's, that's my but, bad. That, but for you, Dan, that's another good example of a killer exactly. character actor having one scene and crushing. Amazing. And he's amazing. I don't he know. Does I, crush I don't it. He's amazing. And the thing is, I've seen him in stuff for years, loved him. I just rewatched Zodiac for the millionth time, and I love him in that as Sergeant Mullinex. But until the day I die, Whenever I see him, I'm going to think Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Because I was like eight years old and I'm like, that's Casey Jones. Yeah, like, he's, no, I see him and I hear, I see him pulling like a hockey stick and going like tough rocks, pal, and trying to fight a foot soldier. That's yeah, it. That's a, yeah. And a lot of Zodiac crossover here with Ruffalo, John Carroll Lynch. Yes. There, uh, there's a lot of crossover. John Carroll Lynch, who played Arthur Lee Allen in Zodiac, oh, the, the killer that they think is the actual Zodiac, Zodiac. played the assistant um, warden in this. Well, yeah, that's and right. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. And Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so you liked it. I loved it. That is obvious by the fact that I freaked out after it was she, over. She lost her mind. Yeah, I loved it. Loved it. It is absolutely incredible, isn't it? Isn't that just yeah. when, when it the, in it? I trace this. I was interested in, in in hearing you talk about it after seeing it the first time. I remember it just it, they piece it together. He really sells you, and in, in, in the whole time up until he's running up those stairs, you're like, he's figured it out. Like he he solved it. 
Yeah, what's happening? When he walks up and he goes, why are you all wet? It's like the entire movie suddenly became... Baby, like, why yeah. are you uh-huh. all wet? The, the Matrix. Is- the Matrix turned into the into the right yeah. image, and you're like, "Oh no!" And yeah. like, it dawns, and he looks over her shoulder, and it just like your your heart just like melts, yeah. and you're just like, yeah. "Oh my god!" That he is that I've been completely duped. Yeah, and I, it's it's amazing moment. Yeah, I thought that the kindness, and this is something I wanted to talk about, psych from a psych point of view. Um the kindness of Ben Kingsley throughout this movie is overwhelming. Like he is not, I never got a feeling of he's a, he's sleazy. He's going to hurt somebody. I got a feeling of he's trying to protect you from something. And I don't know what it is and I don't know what's going on, but he's even trying to protect you from, from the Nazi doctor. I really liked the bit that was thrown in and most people wouldn't care notice or care about this but i liked where he has that that long discussion where he's like look there's a way of helping people where you work with them and you work with their story and you try to help them see that their reality is not real and that kind of thing then there are the people that just want to drug you up and he talked about thorazine i started laughing because thorazine is like a fucking hammer over the head you take that and you're just gone like there's no um and and he's like they just want to throw a pill and of course then yeah the person isn't violent but the person isn't a person i mean like they're just like a they're just a drugged person with drool coming out of their mouth and then this actually by the way reminded me a lot this show the music the uh, reminded me a lot of legion and then same with like the you know the patients and stuff he's like and then you have the ones that want to stick the you know stick the needle in the eye and squish the brain around and perform you know, prefrontal lobotomy. And I so appreciated that he had, he was so determined. He's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm going to do everything I can even, even construct this ridiculously elaborate scheme to try to snap you out of this. Because as he says, you are the most dangerous patient we have on the Island, which is so interesting to me because he just, I'm, this is going to sound terrible. He just killed his wife. Like he just shot his wife, but it's his delusion mm-hmm. that makes him so dangerous. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Which, which, and I love too that uh, the filmmaking is so good that it puts you in Teddy's shoes for a lot of those experiences. You know, as he starts to have some of these breakdowns and these migraines, and you know, be blinded by lights. You know, like the lights will flash really brightly blinded in the room. Blinded by the light. Wrapped up like a Springsteen. Don't sing it unless you know it. That's all the words I know. Anyway, uh, it gets really bright, but none of the other characters, of course, react because that brightness that we see is only in Teddy's head. You know, um, there's it's that whole perspective thing. And so it becomes an issue of he gets further and further down this road of like starting to crack up. And we we kind of go along with him and don't really know what we're seeing, or what we're experiencing. Um, I like that you mentioned the music too. This movie's neat because there's no original score. It's just different collected pieces that were pre-existing mm-hmm. that were assembled by uh, Robbie Robertson of the band, longtime Scorsese collaborator, who also was a music supervisor on The Irishman and lots of other stuff yeah. for Scorsese. He's the one that brought these pieces together. So it's well, the use of Mahler, yeah. the use of that particular Mahler piece yeah. was absolute genius. Right. And the rest of the stuff is like modern classical. So it's it's that symphonic 
orchestral stuff, but it's it's modern but stuff from the twentieth century. Boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom! I was like, "This is Legion. We're watching Legion. Yeah. Like this is very totally the season two, season yeah. two Legion esque." Mm-hmm. I don't know. She busts my balls all the time for loving Thelma Schoonmaker. He loves her so much. Martin Scorsese's longtime editor. She's worked with him for like 50 years. She's won uh, three Oscars, but nominated eight times. She won Oscars for Raging Bull, The Aviator, and The Departed. She's edited every Scorsese movie oh, since God. Raging Bull. She's great. I rewatched The Departed just recently, too. Without so, me. So good. Oh my god! The I departed. Because we do, we do need to talk about that, and I, that may be in the wrap up as far as Leo Scorsese team ups and what your preferences are. Ooh, because yeah. Shutter oh. Island is the only one of the five that had no Oscar nominations, which, which to is me is crazy. Because I personally, and again, we can save this for the end of the conversation. Potential hot take coming. I find this <laughs> so oh, duck and cover. I find this so much better than Departed. It's not even the same ballpark. It is exactly. so much better than the Departed. Yeah. So I said it, the other day, I said I rewatched the, the Departed. Price is like everyone's crooked. How do they get any work done? <laughs> <laughs> is ever doing if any actual everyone's a rat? Work? Who's actually selling the drugs and doing all this stuff? If that's right. a rat. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I think that's a really good point. Um, uh, and I, my guess is, again, I, I found some stuff on Deadline Hollywood from back in the Nikki Fink days that they pushed this from fall of 09 to spring of 2010 for budgetary reasons. Well, that's why they lost the and, Oscar. And that's the thing. Like, it's such a mindset thing that Oscar movies come out in the back half of the year and yep. get a big promotional campaign behind them. So if yep. it comes out in January or March, even if it's really good, they're only going to get nominations if they re-release it at the end of the year or really, really push hard on it. So I yeah. think because it came out in March and Tracy, to your point, was billed or advertised as kind of a horror movie or a thriller. Yep. Not not like a Scorsese drama in any way. Uh, so it just didn't get that that attraction, which sucks because it's totally, I think, worth it. I think that Leo deserved an Oscar for Best Actor. And of course, we know how you know how we feel about the Oscars, about how Golden Globes and all that shit like you can't. We hate them, but we still want them we're still curious um, and i think uh i think kingsley deserved best supporting i think uh, ruffalo should have been nominated for best supporting because he he did so much with just little facial tics and little things like that he was um, great and he is very i can't remember if we talked about this on the last podcast and i'm gonna feel bad if we did because we're just repeating our stuff but whatever you're not paying for it's it, so free what up. do you care shut up you're in your house. You're stuck in your fucking house right now. I yeah. Where are you gonna go? What? Just you're gonna leave your you computer behind. You, yeah. need you, you need us. Yeah. You you need content. Yeah. You're bored. Yeah. 
the uh, MFM girls had a letter from the granddaughter of the character of what's his name that Mark Ruffalo plays in Zodiac. Toski, Dave Toski. Dave Toski. And, and Ruff- yeah, Ruffalo uh-huh. was so obsessed with getting it right that he was like, he did his research down to like the snacks that he would crunch on and that kind of stuff. And he was like, I want this to be this man. I don't want to just be a guy. And um, she said that when her granddaddy saw it, he was like, oh my God, he got it. Like, that's me. Yeah. And I love that. I love actors that are like, listen, if I'm going to play a real person or, or any or whatever, I'm going to really do this. I'm not just going to be the guy that's standing there like, hey, boss, boss, yeah. what's up, boss? I think we did mention it last time, but I never tire of talking about Zodiac. So we can always bring up Mark Ruffalo and Zodiac. What I was Zodiac. thinking, like, it's a top five for me. I'm obsessed with it. It's the only movie I have downloaded on my iPad that I can watch at any time forever. And I'm watching I can watch, point, at some, I can watch at the some, whole thing. I can watch bits and pieces just anytime. And I've read the book. I'm obsessed with it. At, at, the, uh, at some point during our quarantine, we're really desperate. I think we're going to have to figure out a four-way situation where we make my wife, Sally, watch it for the first time and do and all scream at the same time how the fuck have you not seen this? <laughs> you can do a is it on netflix because you can do a it's, netflix play it's where like going you away can all watch it. it's going away like it's on it was on netflix and it's going away either like this week or next it's going away soon i just because i just saw well somebody posted about it uh it is it, i fucking love that movie it's so fucking good it's a, bro- it's a top five for me too it's a brilliant have you movie watched the have you watched the um documentary that's out on hulu now about the guy who um who thinks his dad was zodiac and they debunked I don't it, watch it, it like, i read about it last week yeah you should watch it oh uh, yeah well that's gonna be a must you should watch it yeah that anyway cool. um anyway shutter island anyway um, shutter island I, let me go let me go shutter island for you tracy let me let me throw a couple yeah. pieces out there for you Hit throw, it. Throw Hit some it. Stuff at me. i you know i always like to get into good segments about quotes and about you know other nonsense so a couple of things to see if you noticed it. And actually a couple of questions that I, even after watching it for about the 20th time, I still don't know the answer. Um, so some of the early cues track that I'm curious you recognize, Ruffalo can't get his gun out of his Yes, belt. I did notice it. I did notice it. Okay, because it's like, that's one of the first cues, but you don't really know what to do with it when you see it the first time. But of what course, happened? you it's look back and you're like, oh, of course he doesn't know anything about this. Yeah. The second thing that you start to notice is any time in the first half of the movie, uh, that Ruffalo, they, they shoot Ruffalo and DiCaprio separated by a person looking at them. And you'll okay. see that the other wardens are very, very close to the, to Leo, to, to Teddy, and they're yeah, eyeing yeah. whereas they aren't paying attention to Ruffalo because in reality they know they're looking at they're they're looking Andrew. Yeah. They're oh, looking I did latest, not latest. Yeah. notice that. I'll and have so, to watch for that. When you watch, there, especially there's one specific uh, cop, and he is right on him, and he, you can tell they're ready to kind of jump because yeah. they're like this. This guy is out of his shackles, like, but they leave. They don't even look at Ruffalo. So it's it's yeah. interesting when you watch it again. Oh yeah. Um, and go in his your, go to your crate. Hang on, our producer is getting all up in our business. It's dinner time. Oh, it is. Is it yeah. five? Yeah. Okay, y'all talk and I'll go feed them. Okay, um, we'll change. We'll we'll do we'll do a quick five minutes on Zodiac. <laughs> yeah, we'll do yeah. Quick, yeah. Uh, or it turns into like a two and a half hour Zodiac podcast, um, <laughs> which I'm not kidding. Like that's a comfort food movie for me. Like it is 
so good. Like I rewatched it a bunch. I've got the director's cut on Blu-ray. Like I love, love that movie. Like the other day I was like, I'm just going to rewatch Zodiac. I mean, I'm stuck at home. There's tons to watch, but like, fuck, I'm just going to watch Zodiac again. I don't care. Well, I was thinking when Tracy was talking about uh, Toski, I love when he's yeah. in the, when they, they've got him in the backseat. He's like, what are these cookies? You yeah. ever clean this car? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> boy, you guys sure know how to pull off a secret meeting. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's like helicopters and cop cars everywhere. But still, still to this day, I've seen the movie a billion times. I'm still yeah. scared at every time they want me to be scared. I still jump every time they're doing the TV station where the guy's called in and he's like, I get headaches. Yeah. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay. And then he screams. Yeah. And like to this day, it gives me chills every time, even though I know yeah. every word of the movie. Me too. Me too. Or like, I still, I still freak out at the lakeside killing. Like, oh my God, That's just, it's so fucking creepy. Uh, yeah. the, the, the hitchhiker where he picks up the one with the baby, the car ride scene that just freaks me out every time. Uh, the when he's in the basement of the guy looking for the movie posters and stuff, and oh and my that's, god, yeah, yeah, that's a total, that's a that's that's a total freak. Are you sure we're the only ones in the house? He's like, we'd like to go upstairs and yeah, check. I feel like the wood moving, like <laughs> yeah, and it's like, like get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll go, like I've been known to, uh, just like rewatch the the diner scene on like YouTube where it's just at the end where Jill and Hall and Ruffalo are in the diner. This is a case that's covered both Northern and Southern California with victims and suspects spread over hundreds of miles. Would you agree? Yes. Darlene Farron worked at the Vallejo House of Pancakes on the corner of Tennessee and Carroll. Arthur Lee Allen lived in his mother's basement on Fresno Street. Door to door, that is less than 50 yards. Is that true? I've walked it. I've walked, I've walked it. it. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah, son Finish of a bitch. Book. Oh my God. And we're never gonna know. Yeah. I, do you think it was Arthur Lee Allen? No, I think we're never gonna know. You think we're never gonna know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're never going to know. Okay, the so, animals have been fed, and now they will leave us alone. So, I hope so. So, Tracy, Shutter two Island. More, two, back on Shutter Island. Two more things for you, and then I, and then uh-huh. we can talk about it. So, there's also it, very similar to Inception, where the more you watch, there are other scenes you don't realize are fictitious, are him in his head, and mm-hmm. there's and there's a couple interesting points. One, when he's certainly we know the uh, the dream when he's t- talking to who he thinks is Rachel Solando, and she's right. covered in blood. It's it's a it, it's a stand-in for his wife. Exactly. Sure. His smoke of his cigarettes goes. I in love that. It goes, goes in backwards. Yeah. Going mm-hmm. in, it was very Lynchian. Um, super and, Lynch. And yeah. there's also when and this is part I was going to ask you guys about when he's doing the interviews and he interviews the woman that he's like, you're actually pretty sane. How, why are you here? When Fran they give, from uh, from yeah. um, mad about mad you, about you. Yeah. you're welcome. When they give her water, mm-hmm. she drinks it without pulling the the glass up, and then when it cuts back to her again, it's back on the table. And it's I because that. And so I'm curious: was she a, a nurse acting as a patient, or was she actually a patient who was crazy when she wrote "Run"? I, I've never put that together right. I think she was a patient. I think she was a patient too. Because she wrote Run, we know that she, you know, she's a patient. She's talking to Latus as Daniels DiCaprio as a patient. And she, because, you know, he's like, have you ever known anybody named Andrew Latus? And she, like, has to, like, not break. And she's like, I have no, no idea who that is. 
But, you know, she writes run in the book, which makes me think that she is going along with the the charade like they're instructed to. But she also writes run to say, like, hey, just try and get out of here. You yeah, know? because that's why she doesn't want Sheehan to see it. She doesn't want Ruffalo to yeah, see it. She waits for she and Ruffalo to like leave the desk and then quickly scribbles it in. And she would only do that knowing the doctor's not here. I can slip this to another patient uh-huh, uh-huh. really quickly. There's yeah. a lot of good scenes. There's a lot of good moments there, Tracy, when you were talking about Ruffalo's looks. Uh, because, of course, you once you've rewatched it, you realize that he's her doctor. And she, yeah. she's uh-huh. like, he's very attractive and very nice. He goes, did he t- make a pass at you? And she gets very embarrassed because he's yes. sitting mm-hmm. there yeah. looking at her. Right. Yeah. yeah 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 because she's like he's easy on the eyes or whatever she says mm-hmm. and then but he and so he's just trying to sit there and like be cool and casual about it um i knew that he was Sheehan. i remember when i when he came over and i was like i know it yeah she when he I walked in it, i guess I, that, that was, was a while in oh god i was way behind on that that was a that was that's good how she does with movies like this she's like that's the killer bye and i'm like okay I, like an hour I, later she's like okay that's, price that's i've what. become dad um <laughs> I ask questions during movies. I will, something will happen and I'll go, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. And Daniel's like, right. Okay. Well, I didn't know that was going to happen or whatever. Could you just be quiet? And I'm like, uh, or I'll just be like, he's the killer. I got to go and just walk out of the room. And he's like, yep. Yep. It's pretty great. I've I've become dad. Um, what do you think though? Really? I I still wonder, do you think there is any sort of chance that there's anything shady going on on the island? Exactly right. And Bing Kingsley, when you, again, like the, you realize the whole time he's going, I have to make sure that Ted, like that Andrew is safe because I'm, my ass is on the line doing this mm-hmm. insane, uh, you know, basically setting up this insane play uh, for him to kind of live out this fantasy. And so you know, it, and it's and it's even when remember when um, he and uh, Ruffalo burst into the room where they're having the board the board yes. of directors meeting, and Ben clearly is like, "Oh, I'll get to you in a second. I'll, I'll get to you in a second because it's clearly like this isn't part of the play, and like I can't have you here." And all the members of the board are like, "What the yeah. fuck is yeah. it?" Yeah. And you can see even the other doctors like, "Give me a break! Like we have a serious problem. You have to stop this stupid charade." And right. been clearly trying to push him, being like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! I'll get to you in a second. Like, yeah, so he could keep it going. Like, it, I do think it was fairly on the up and up. It's just a shady ass fifties institution, you know, mental yeah. institution. They Agreed. just they just yeah. hap- they just happened to have a creepy German doctor yeah. who was like, eh. yeah. So I don't know how much Price knows about. Price didn't get a chance to really know our grandfather, um, our my mother's father um and i don't know if you've ever seen the pictures that he took of the camps but i think that uh that in and of itself is something that and and back in the 50s and our friend jordan brand his daddy was a psychi psychologist um who uh helped men back then get over their shell shock quotes around that which is ptsd um, so you've got a man who already has severe PTSD from uh, liberating uh, Dachau. And, but then they said there wasn't actually a shooting. He didn't shoot a bunch of Nazis. Yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, Daniels's memory is that they were rounding up the Nazi soldiers that worked at Dachau when they liberated the camp and wound up killing them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in his actual personnel file, they're not sure that that ever happened. Okay. Like he might have killed some people. Like there was no like mass killing. Well, but I I just think uh, I think you have that, 
And you, you have a man who, because men even today are not encouraged or allowed to, to deal with their traumas. Um, and, and then he's married and has three kids and he marries a crazy woman. Like I'm kind of disappointed. Oh, that was the fifties though. The new millennium girl in me is like, why the fuck would you put a mentally disturbed man who killed his wife in this horrible place when he clearly did not, nothing that he did was of his right Right. mind. I think it, my guess is he was there because not only because of the crime, but because the delusion that he set up for himself after the crime, you know, Sheehan's like, I've been like, like the fake Rachel. Yeah. Like I've been your psychiatrist for the past two years. Like my take is fairly quickly after finding his children dead and then killing his wife for what she did, his reality snapped, you know? Yeah. Because this is just two years later. So. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But uh, even in this, and, and Tracy, I'm, I'm as, as usual, I shouldn't be impressed, but I, you know, because I know that you're always ahead of us when you're watching these movies. Like it took me, mul- it took me multiple viewings till the real, even this morning, I had to be like, Price, Rachel Solando in that cave isn't real. Because I watch it, I'm like, oh God, he did take the aspirin and he has been smoking <laughs> someone else's cigarettes. And I'm like, this is all a delusion, you moron. And I'm like, oh God, oh, yeah. where is she gonna go? And I'm like, yeah. like I was so stuck. I'm like the, I'm like the, 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 you know, age 18 to 49 year old movie goer that like movie production studios have in like a PowerPoint. Cause I'm like, I just eat up everything. I'm like, oh my God. Leo's in trouble, and I like you know I yeah. like follow the follow exactly yeah. the path they want me to go, and I like pay for the movie over and over again. Like I, I'm a total rube. <laughs> no, I don't think you're a rube at all. I think it's the power of the movie making. Like if it were, if the movie were just about the twist at the end, then there would be no point or fun in rewatching it. But it's so well told and well made that you can rewatch it again and still get stuff out of it and still be you know interested in and on the hook like i agree when uh when teddy and chuck go into ward c the big hyper violent scary ward after the storm to investigate stuff i mean i know what's gonna happen because a i've seen the movie and also b i know that teddy's a patient and they're gonna try and keep track of him i know that nothing's gonna get too bad and they're gonna drive him where they want to go but still you know it's a spooky stuff you're on you're like on edge like is this gonna be okay because it's just it's that well made you know yeah yeah I don't, do you think they expected him to have such a violent um, outburst with the patient? No, but I, I think wasn't he, clear on that either. I, didn't, I wasn't sure what part of that was part of the game and what was him actually stepping out of the, and like it, it causing a lot of trouble. I think there were, I think he did cause some trouble, you know, like he injured the guards and, and injured the other patient. But I also think they knew what they were doing, like driving him from point A to B to C, you know, um, they wanted him to get because to George noise. She and as Chuck was saying, you know, when he was the one who said like, you know, nice day for a stroll, isn't it over towards C, you know, like he was there to like support and help plant those ideas of, is it, you know, worth checking out yeah. this and, and going over here um, and, and trying to, to push him to, to find these things. Yeah. So um, I asked this question online last night and I got a, a divided response. Um, actually it's like two thirds to one third. Uh, do you think the storm actually happened or yeah. was it a part of his delusion? Yeah, he threw that at me last night. He's like, the storm didn't happen. I'm like, the storm, what? I asked this last night on Twitter and I got 27 responses. So I feel like this is 
basically canon. This is basically a scientific <laughs> test was run. So this is the truth. Uh, of the people who responded, 63% said the storm was part of the delusion and 37% said they think it really happened. What do you think? Do you think the storm really happened? You know, I guess he, I would have said yes, because I guess they, I, in my head, I would say they can't plan nature. But I also, when I rewatched it this morning, again, another Inception reference, they drop you in like you're being dropped into a dream. Like the, the ship comes out of the clouds and you don't know how he got yeah. on the ship. No one else That's is on I the did. ship. And you're kind of like you've been, you're appearing in a dream because you don't really know how or why you're there. And I could buy it because the, the only time that Ruffalo really acts like another federal marshal is in the cemetery. So I guess it's possible that that was all in his head because it's to me was the only time that Ruffalo really, you're like, oh, he is his partner because he's just explained to him how they've tricked him into being here. Yeah. The only reason that it makes me wonder is because, you know, when when latest Daniels is having the confrontation at the end in the lighthouse with Ben Kingsley and everybody else, Kingsley says, you know, we've been through all this before, all these conspiracy theories. And he, he like rattles off all the stuff that latest usually comes up with, you know, like the who is 67 and the, the rule of four and everything. And he mentions the storm. He's like the storm, et cetera. I've heard it all before. And the fact that he just listed the storm as the, among the things that latest always talks, talks about, about. Comes up okay with. and then the fact that like the next morning he's sitting on the lawn and it's like super cleaned up like really nice looking in the morning after the breakthrough like like not just like they cleaned Shit. the damage but it looks I know, really nice me. and i was like maybe the storm was in his head too that's where he got me. I mean, I guess I'm uh, talking to watch it over again. Shan, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shan would have had to. Shan would have. Ha I mean, everybody would have had to play along with that. Um, Sh Shan, the boat captain, the um, what's his name who plays the John Carroll Lynch. Thank you, John, John Carroll Lynch. Lynch. Yeah, he meets them and he's like, "There's a hurricane coming," and all that. So like. Was, yeah, the captain says there's a storm coming, and then at one point, John Carroll Lynch is like, hurry up, it's turned into a damn hurricane out here. Yeah. Um. So maybe part of the storm and damage, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of one of the fun things about it. Like, by the end of the movie, you're you're still locked in the shoes and the perspective of this guy who's clearly mentally unstable. And so I don't know what to trust sometimes, too. So Let's go find Dennis Lehane and sit on him. Let's go. Hey, Dennis, was that storm real? <laughs> Dennis, write me more books. Right. Dennis, yep. I just watched. Okay, so nobody should watch this because it's really fucking awful. But sometimes you just watch really fucking awful stuff. For instance, I have become addicted to clips from a, an Australian reality show called Bride and Prejudice, which is awful. Yep. Um, but I also watch this Netflix cartoon. It's so bad that I'm embarrassed, but I don't care. It's called Paradise PD. Okay. And the latest episode that I watched, this one of the cops um, was uh, binge watching a shitty a Disney show on Disney Plus because the joke was that Disney used Disney Plus to just dump all of their super shitty sitcoms that nobody ever watched. <laughs> um, and, uh, he ends up going through the whole episode is uh, him trying to find out what happened at the end. Okay. So at the end of like season two, 
something happens and they're like, what happens? And he's like, okay, I'll watch season three. And then there was no season three. So he goes on this whole rampage to find out what happens at the, and I feel like that's going to be us. Yeah, We're going to go on a rampage with Dennis Lehane and be like, Hey, was there right. a fucking storm or not? And he's like, I've written other books. And we're like, we don't give a shit about right. your other books. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, I was listening to a podcast with Jill and Jake Gyllenhaal. And he's like, people continue to ask me who the Zodiac killer is. And it's like, I've, did you first of all did you watch the movie it's very unclear and second of all i'm just an actor right why the fuck do you think yeah. i would know and if i did know why wouldn't i tell everyone yep. it, oh it, my god it'd be like that portlandia where they finish battlestar galactica and they want more so they find Ron yes Moore yes and make him write more but it's actually like a local guy with the same name and they get the actors involved <laughs> and everything yeah, that that's what we'd be fantastic. like. Fantastic. We, we, we'd find like a different Dennis Lehane and be like, "What happens?" He's like, "I don't know, but I'll figure it out." And we're I like, "Oh, have said that we got Dennis." Of, yeah, yeah, this is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't know if the storm was real or not. Um, I, I mean, they were wet. They had to change clothes. I know. I, I just, I'm just throwing shit out there. There was there were all this. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I know. I apologize. Oh, we got to watch it again. On a happier note, Price had a really good idea earlier, so I'm just going to claim it as mine. So I had a really good idea about talking about the collaborations between Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. They have worked together five times. The movies they have made together are Gangs of New York, 2002. I've been called a lot of things, mister, but I've never been called... Oh, oh, Fedlum Benz. Fedlum Benz, right. Well... I knew what in the hell that meant. Might be inclined to take offense. But Lombans is a fellow steals anything, dead or alive, because he's too low to work up a decent lead for himself. Can't that careful, Belgian? Can't that careful. I'm telling you, that's all there is. That's all they give us. Now, Chisler. If you had said Chisler, now there's a word I understand, you know? Now, is that what you're calling us? Well, I could think of a number of things to call you, Boyle. Right, but I asked if he was calling us Chislers. Supposing I am. Well, then we got business. The Aviator, 2004. Think about it, Jack. What does 20,000 feet give you? Less turbulence. Right, because it's above the weather. Jack, we want to fly above the weather. Only 1% of the American population has ever set foot on a commercial airliner. Why? Because they're scared to death, Jack, and they should be. I mean, 7,000 feet is bumpy as shit. You know that. We build a plane that flies above the weather. We could get every man, woman, and child in this country to feel safe up there. An airplane with the ability to fly into the substratosphere, across the country, across the world. Now that is a future. The Departed, 2006. There was a cop leaving when I came in. How did you know he was a cop? You know, bad haircut, no dress sense, and a slight, you know, air of scumbag entitlement. Do you see cops? That's part of what I do. I mean, I normally don't see cadets who've been kicked out of the academy. Oh, boy. You should get a better job, huh? Should I? <clears throat> so, do they all, uh, they all come in here and cry, your cops? Sometimes they do. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sometimes they cry, yeah. If they've had trouble at home, if they've had to use their weapons. Use their weapons? <laughs> Let me tell you something. They signed up to use their weapons, most of them, all right? But they watch enough TV so they know they have to weep after they use their weapons, there is no one more full of shit than a cop, except for a cop on TV. Shutter Island, 2010, and Wolf of Wall Street, 2013. Yep, on a daily basis, I consume enough drugs to sedate Manhattan, 
Long Island and Queens for a month. Okay, Mr. Jordan. I take Quaaludes 10 to 15 times a day for my back pain, Adderall to stay focused. Xanax to take the edge off, pot to mellow me out, cocaine to wake me back up again, and morphine, well, because it's awesome. Morning, make them. That's five movies in 11 years. Five powerhouse movies. Like, so they, that's, that's a solid run. And that's his next movie, right? Is with Scorsese again. Yeah, he's doing a, Scorsese's doing Killers of the Flower Moon based on David Grand nonfiction book about the uh, Osage Indian murders. Um, oh. And that's De Niro, that's, uh, uh, sorry, Scorsese's next thing. And uh, in October 2018, it was announced that, uh, DiCaprio and Robert De Niro are going to be in it. They were supposed to start shooting this month, but other shit probably happened. Oh. Yeah. But uh, it's supposed to be a good book. David Grant, uh, I haven't read Killers of the Flower Moon, but I read The Lost City of Z, which is really good. He's a really good nonfiction writer. So that's um, going to be really good. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, but of those, those are the five we've got so far, five and 11 years. I mean, Price, what are you thinking? I have a, an opinion that is not aligned with uh, critics and intelligent people that pay attention to movies. I am a Gangs of New York diehard, and that is I'll Ride and Die with Gangs of New York. That's one of my top five movies ever made. That's maybe my favorite. It's not my favorite Leo performance, but it's close. Nice. Uh, and of that group, that's my number one. Shutter Island is my number two of that collection. Uh, I know Tracy doesn't like Wolf. I, it's hard to argue with her, but I think Wolf is, is probably three. Uh, I think Departed is one of the most disappointing movies I've ever seen in my life, aside from Wahlberg. Uh, and I, uh, but gangs, I'm glad that Wahlberg is great. I'm glad you're, Wahlberg's fantastic. Well, you know, and and frankly, Leo is fantastic in that, but the rest of it, the rest of it is complete bullshit. Uh, but the gangs, I just feel like it was an entire world that I feel like people didn't really have a grip on. And Daniel Day Lewis is like the the most magnetic character in that movie in like movie history you stare at him the entire time you can't do anything but look at bill the butcher the entire movie so that's that uh, my short answer would be gangs is by far my number one of that group but uh shutter island close second i wanted to see gangs of new york and then i was like i feel like this is going to be hyper violent and make me feel sick and and like sick i get really not so yeah, she hasn't seen Gangs, and I, I gotta be honest, I don't do well. Uh, it came out in '02, which has got to be like the last time I saw it. I mean, I liked it when I saw it, but I don't think I've seen it since. I mean, maybe I caught it on cable or something. I like have a off, build, like, I have a Bill the Butcher poster in our apartment that says "This is America" and a close-up of his eye with the with the eagle on it. So like, I'm a yeah. diehard Gangs, and frankly, Tracy, now that I know that, uh, I'm gonna harass you guys about uh, how have you not seen this pod about Gangs in New York. Yeah, uh, we thought about adding that in sometimes. So we gotta uh, he, space out the Scorsese. We have to space yeah. out the Scorsese. That <laughs> but, can be a season three, because I'm like, yeah. we, ha- I, we this cannot be a Scorsese podcast, as much as I would love for it to be. As much fun as it would be, yeah. Uh, Amani, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, And the thing is, like, I want to revisit Gangs, too, because, again, I remember liking it, but it has been, God, I was in college when it came out and i like i said i probably caught it on tv a couple of times you know a couple years later but it's been forever since i've seen it like i don't remember and daniel day lewis in gangs of new york is oh my god and it is it is violent tracy but it's not it's not like a gory violence it's violence bloody but not violence gory if you know what i mean so i think he can handle it and he basically rebuilt new york Oh, in like insane. the late 1800s it's astonishing yeah. it's the, the the set the sets and costumes are ridiculous it is insane wow so uh definitely probably worth revisiting um 
Yeah, I mean, I'm looking over the list. Like, so I'm gonna. It's hard for me. I can't really do a solid ranking because I don't feel comfortable enough with gangs to really slot it anywhere in there. So I don't. I can't do like a hard and fast top five. I am not a big fan of the Aviator. Um, I rewatched Agree. it. I rewatched it about a year or two ago, maybe a little longer. Because I was like, oh, it was on Prime Video, and I was like, I haven't seen this in a while. Did Caprio and Scorsese all watch it? I was like, no, I don't like this. Uh, I just, I just didn't dig it. Um, I think it's it's okay, but not really not my favorite. So I kind of viewed that as more just like a, uh, I can overlook that one easily. Um, I'm stronger on The Departed than you are. Um, but I, I, and I also like, I don't know, I love Shutter Island. And I also like Wolf of Wall Street a lot. Because um, I thought Wolf of Wall Street was really good. And DiCaprio gives a really good performance. And it's about this just like awful, it's just the next generation of, you know, Henry Hill from Goodfellas. Just this awful guy who just, you know, one of these shortcuts, but at least Henry Hill felt some semblance of what looked like remorse toward the end. But this guy was just Jordan Belfort was just nonstop. It just you know? made me but, sick. Yeah. It, honestly. It was, yeah. It's, it's a rough watch for sure. It is, it is a rough watch. Like it's not one I can throw on. I mean, what's funny is like, I would, I have an easier time rewatching Zodiac than Wolf of Wall Street. You know, I'm like Wolf of Wall because like Zodiac, I'm like, oh yeah, she's gonna get stabbed in the chest, but it's gonna be fine. But Wolf of Wall Street, I'm like, these guys are rough, man. This is a tough one. Trivia: um, Jonah Hill had to sniff so much whatever they like put the in cocaine as or, cocaine uh-huh. that he got a horrible respiratory infection and had to be hospitalized. Interesting. And he's like, this is what happens when you sniff seven pounds of whatever the fuck this is a day. You don't, he's like, I'm not addicted, but now I have a respiratory infection yep. and I'm in the hospital. Huh. He used to see Jonah all the time. He was, he'd go to a uh, coffee shop next to Sally in my uh, apartment when we lived in the West Village. Uh, very nice guy. Dresses a little funny, but very nice. <laughs> get the money. He's got the money too. I'll let him yeah. know. He can um, do it. So you yeah. know, speaking of dressing funny, has anyone, has anyone checked in on Seth Rogen lately? Because he looks like the Yeti. Is it bad? It's not good. I haven't seen. I haven't seen. It's really kind of terrifying. I just kind of lost track of him because everybody said Longshot was cute, but I was like, I don't really feel like seeing that. And I mean, so I don't know what the last thing I saw him in was. Well, it doesn't doesn't really matter. But we, you know, when you mention one, it makes me think of the other. And he looks like the Yeti. Um, That doesn't. Yeah. Tracy just showed me a picture of Seth Rogen. Doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I saw it. He looks like it's he looks like if Wolverine was going bald. Yeah. Wolverine was going to pot. Yeah, it's not good. Literally. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um. So. So yeah, I would probably say the aviator at the bottom. I throw gangs as like gangs is like a floater. Gangs is just in the in the discussion, but it's got to be DQ'd. But uh, I would probably put. I mean, oh fuck, it's hard. It's hard. I don't know, man. You put the Irishman at the top. Oh, with That's Leo. Not, yeah, Sorry, yeah. Leo movie. I don't know, man. The Departed. I I really like the Departed. Um, but I think, ooh, Shutter Island is is really good and has also really grown on me again in these like rewatchings the past couple months so yeah shutter island is is really gunning for that top spot um that's a that's a tough one that is a and tough i do one. like wolf of wall street too that is a tough one wolf of wall street great cast because kyle chandler man is, is kyle so chandler absolute legend oh, he kills it kyle chandler yeah such a great cast he's so dreamy yep um yeah also Isn't extremely it? nice in real life we used to run into him in austin oh of course of course, I bet he is. I totally believe that. I totally believe that about Kyle Chandler. Of course, yeah. I just found out that Ellen DeGeneres is a massive bitch, and I did not know this, and it really upsets me. Yeah, apparently it's uh, and I take this for what it's worth. Stuff on the internet, people who well, and people you know, yeah, people who live and work in LA and the industry, and and have have had run-ins with her. Their stories are usually not 
positive. Um, so yeah, I felt bad breaking that news to Tracy the other day. I it, wish I it really upset. I me. I wish I hadn't. And but okay. now we just we spread it along like the ring. So now you guys have to tell somebody else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? So Thelma did this one, of course, because she does all of his. Yeah, Thelma Schoonmaker cut this like yes. a dream. Like a my dream. girl Thelma. How old is she? Like eighty something? Not not old. Not too old. I'll tell you that. Not too old. I'm gonna get him a T-shirt with her face on it. I'm there's a T-shirt with her name on it that says "Edited by Thelma Schoonmaker." I'm gonna buy it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna wear it around the house because I have nowhere to go. Quarantine. Quarantine. Yeah. It's the quarantines. Yeah. I said, we have no excuse to, to not do a podcast. We're right. fucking quarantined. What, what else are we going to do? I didn't watch. You might have started doing one every day. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Like what else am I doing? Oh Basically. yeah. I, I said that we should do them and, and uh, store them for when we, for when I have like an exam and we can't do one, just throw it in be like, Hey, yeah, we'll have to do that. Throwing in one, like it's live or something. Yep. Um, but no, I thought that uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in Shutter Island that made me like made made me go like, ah, I don't know. The the reveal at the end when yeah, he when he was good. just like, baby, why are you all wet? Oh, it's such a good I moment. was like, oh, it's, it's just crazy. awful. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah. I did cry. And the dog was like concerned about me when when he I thought that his best acting was when he saw his babies out in the lake uh, yeah. and just started screaming that Leo scream and the crying. I was like, well, I'm done. Like, I can't handle this shit at all. And he's like slinging those little boys over his shoulders. I was like, nope, yeah. nope, nope. It's rough. It's really good. Can't take it. And it's... she's like, let's dress them up like dolls. I was like, fucking kill her. Just yeah. kill her now because <laughs> I'm going to kill her if you don't. They shouldn't send you to prison. They should just put you back on the job, man. You did exactly. everybody a favor. Fuck she her! Kill somebody God else. Damn it! Yeah, no. It's. A, I'm. I'm glad you liked it though. Like it ended. You know, you always kind of take somebody's temperature when they're watching a movie, and when it ends, and they're like, "Oh, so it's over." Anyway, how are you doing? And you're like, "Oh yeah, that didn't go over too well." But you really loved this. Like I it did. ended, and you were like, "That was great." Yes. You had a really good time. Yeah. That makes me happy. I'm glad you liked it. I did. It's a really a fantastic choice, and I'm glad y'all y'all chose this one because it's yeah. it's a movie that I feel like gets forgotten, and it's an absolute banger. I totally agree. I feel like it gets overlooked and it's really good. It's a really good movie. It was promoted like shit. It was. It was built it was built as like a horror or more sus- I mean, and there's there's scary stuff in it and suspense stuff in it, but that it's a freaky lady at the yeah, very beginning. That's she does that lady. one thing and you never see her again. There was no reason to put her in the trailer. Yeah. Like I would that I I chalk all of this up to bad promotion yeah you could cut a different trailer for this and get a totally different experience yep. it's still true to what the movie is yep so yeah it's the it was the trailer and the, the way I they pitched concur. it which makes sense because they push it to the spring and you get a lot of like thrillers and horror movies in the spring so i get it but, yeah um well all right that was awesome glad you like shutter island shutter would you do you have do any, you... any final thoughts price any concluding remarks no takes? no i'm i'm uh as usual very flattered and very thankful to be included on the pod i love being a guest uh and it's certainly nice to do during the uh the quarantine talking about one of my favorite movies so all good right. from here yes. awesome yes awesome. um uh, okay well we should um we could talk about quentin quarantino quentin movies. quentin quarantino oh my we god we could have a quentin quarantino there it is is. There, a, is there a tarantino movie i haven't seen i haven't seen inglorious bastards Oh my that's god! Favorite movie. Yeah, that's Price's favorite movie. He's about to and throw I his computer love, out the window. I do love Christoph Waltz. Yeah, you love Christoph Waltz, and you haven't seen *Inglorious Bastards*. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah, that's she, he's gonna lose well, his mind. Well, I don't like that guy that makes the horror movies. Eli Roth. I don't like Eli Roth, but he's really good in Glorious Bastards. He has nothing to do with the horror movie stuff. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, the movie. It's not like any of his horror movies. It's not like yeah. Cabin Fever or anything. Yeah. Um. We might. We may, maybe maybe week after next we oh can do a God, Quentin Quarantino. Price yeah. is losing his damn mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just passes out. Sally's going to kick the door in. Do you not work anymore? And he's like, I think it's pretty clear that I don't. I'm just on the podcast. I'm just on Thank the you. podcast now. Uh, oh, man. That, we may have to set up a, a two-hour special pod for uh, for Boys Bastards. Yes. That, that is a, that's a number one. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's that would that would you be think cool. I could handle Inglorious Bastards. I know I mm. couldn't handle Django Unchained. I no, know I, uh, I think. Well, I mean, like, we're at home, and you're going to be able to like look away or have me pause it or like have me turn stuff down. Tracy's big on like the sounds of the violence too. So, like, when we watch I don't stuff, like squishing of yeah. When we watch stuff like... that's going to have violence, like I'll have the remote in my hand so that she'll not just like look away from something particularly hairy, but like. I'll mute it so she doesn't hear somebody getting like stabbed or punched in a gross way. So I think if I can control that, yeah, you should be okay. Cause I did that. all like, we watched the outsider on HBO and I muted a bunch of the violence. And, and, and frankly, th thinking about Eli Roth, he's got a very therapeutic s scene for many, many people in the, in the world, but Tracy may not love it. Probably not. Um, but I think if we uh, just monitor the volume, yeah, it's it, a possibility. There, there, there yeah. are two scenes in Inglorious Bastards that are maybe the two two of the greatest scenes in movie history. And Dan, I'll, I'll, you already know what they are. It's the opening scene at the at the milk yeah. farm, and then it's the basement bar scene. They're, they're two of the greatest films scenes ever made. Oh, yeah. When you said there are two great scenes, those are the literally the first two I thought of. Like that, just yeah, they're it's extremely right. well made. So 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 it's we'll, phenomenal. We'll tentatively say Quentin Quarantino. Nice. We'll pencil it in. Look at look at. I love it. This is, this is the best. This is the best. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Quentin Quarantino is is definitely looking like a like it's gonna happen. Then should we do some yeah. hell yeahs? Hell yeah, we should. Okay, what's your hell yeah? My hell yeah is that during this time of utter shit that is happening around the world, except for apparently China. Congratulations to China for beating down the virus um i would like to say thank you to the artists out there who are sharing their movies sharing their music sharing their comedy with the rest of the world to keep spirits up and to raise money uh daniel and i watched a great conversation between john mulaney and uh, mike berbiglia uh, they were trying to raise money for tipthewaitstaff.com. Tip your weight Tip staff. your weight staff, my bad. Mm -hmm. And we got to see Petunia. And also, I got to see a concert, just a live, hanging out in their hotel room, uh, the Indigo Girls singing live. And it was the first time as singing along that the knot in my chest released a little bit because I just have been sitting around like, well, I'm either going to get it or I'm just going to have to sit around waiting and I don't know what either of those looks like, and I'm miserable. So thank you to those people for making this a little easier and um, and for being so selfless. And it's much appreciated. That's a good one. Uh, similar to that, my hell yeah is the folks on the front lines in food service and, and retail that are still operating and delivery, things that are still operating in this crazy time because, you know, we had to go out and get some supplies at the store today. And... I'm lucky the store was still open. It was really heavily picked over in a lot of areas, but there was still lots of stuff to buy. And there were people working there as a checkout. 
We've had to do a lot of food pickup recently from restaurants. My hell yeah is the local restaurants and people who are keeping those things going. We are supporting those people as, as long as we can, as long as those restaurants are open for, for takeaway and delivery. And we are tipping huge because restaurants are not like moneymakers anyway. And if it's a small business and there's a restaurant there on razor thin margin, this is a crazy yep, time. Yep. So if you've got a local restaurant or, or cafe or something, you can order some food for takeout from while they're still open, throw some money their way and tip huge because they're having a hard time making ends meet right now. So my hell yeah, it's just the folks that are still, still out there and not as lucky as people like me who get to work from home and so, wash your hands. And yeah, well, that's just in general, wash your hands. So yeah. Price, you got one. I was gonna I was gonna do one that's a product centric thing that would help you out during your quarantine, but frankly, both of your hell yeahs were a lot better. So I think we should probably end it with those two hell yeahs. Oh, yours, do yours. That people on the front line really I mean, I think that's right. And I, it's strange that like uh you know, we between nine eleven and you know, past wars, it's a much easier to recognize people back in the front lines that are firefighters or policemen or people dressed in fatigues. And it's gonna be now in this round, people that are stocking groceries, people that are nurses, and you won't be able to recognize them after this whole thing passes, God willing. And you should be able to buy them a drink or buy them dinner at some point in the near future. Because I 100% agree with you that like, when we storm into Trader Joe's trying to fill up, there are people that are like, yeah, I was here all night trying to get this stuff on the shelves for you guys. And like, you know, I'm scared too. So I agree with you that like, part of this is that, that, you know, this, this aura of hero we have for people in the military, which is a hundred percent validated and, and justified. It's going to be a little different this time that like, I want to, after this is done, be like, Hey, thanks for continuing to go to work and like, you know, clean up after emergency room uh, surgeries and like all kinds of things. Like most of us are sitting at home complaining about having to do video conferences. Like right. I completely agree. I think both of your hell yeahs were, yeah. uh, were better than, than mine. I probably should have started. So, uh, <laughs> I, I'll give, I will give a I will give a quick shout. Uh, I use uh, something called a Corvin. It's a it's a brand where it sticks a needle through the cork of my wine bottles and allows me to pour a glass of wine without ruining the bottle. Right? Because you open a cork and only pour a glass or two, uh, and then you don't drink the bottle in the next day or so, it kind of goes bad. So Corvin was invented to basically stick a needle through the cork, pour a glass, and it maintains the as best you can maintains the quality of the wine. I, I dropped it and broke it the first day of our quarantine, which I joked on Twitter was like the twilight zone where the guy breaks his glasses yes, and he's the last person on earth. Time now. Yeah. And, and the dudes at Corvin reached out. They're like, Hey, no one should be without their Corvin during quarantine. Shoot us your information. And they're sending me a new one. So that's that was completely, un awesome. that was completely unnecessary. That's yeah. Nice. Completely. And they're saying very, very nice considering the situation. And I'm sure they're, they're, hurting for cash like everybody else, but I thought that was very nice. So one big shout for Corvin, C-O-R-A-V-I-N. Uh, go and grab one for, for you or a, a loved one. But uh, that's a good shout out for me. That's a nice idea. And that's really cool. I like when they, I mean, cause yeah, like they're dealing with the same stuff we all are right now, but they're like, hey, we can help this guy out. We can make this guy's day a little better. You know, yeah, that's kind of all you can do for people. And it looks good for them. So yeah. That's, Daniel and I were saying it's so, um, Daniel's like, I'm always so baffled by the easy wins that companies overlook and instead try to make it difficult and obnoxious. Like we have a restaurant here in Houston who instead of just like when this first started before restaurants started having to close and stuff, they came out and they're like, if you cough in our restaurant, we're throwing you out. And everyone's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And we were like, wow, that could have been handled like this. Hey, if you're feeling sick 
um, stay home and get delivery or we will um, pack it up and you can come pick it up. And we want to make sure that you're still able to get the same great food. Instead, they came out all belligerent and, and, and they just got slammed for it. And then you see other, you know, you see other people doing great stuff. HEB, of course, the big Texas company, grocery company giving away um, so much money and time and also raising the salaries of their employees, yep. which is fantastic. And so it's like, why overlook the easy win when you can make yourself look good and help other people? Yeah. Why are you know, why make it hard? On no exactly. Exactly. Those are people that don't have social media people helping them, don't have marketing people helping them. Yeah, just it's not or just that, aren't paying attention to them. Right. It's it's also just be a human, man. Just it's not the hardest thing in the world right now. It's so, true. Yeah. But uh Oh okay. yeah, those are good. Those are good. Hell yeah, that's awesome. And I need to get one of those Corvins because we got some wine that we if we want to like open one up and not drink the whole thing. That's true. You know, it's a good idea. So uh, we're not alcoholics like Price. No. So, you know, strangely, alcoholics typically don't need Corvins because I'll drink the whole bottle. But it has oh, been, it has been, it has been helpful. Now it's it's a little it's a little pricey, but I know you guys are are getting into the wine world. I think it's a great thing because you can sample a bottle without ruining the whole thing. Yeah. Big Corvin guy. Nice. Awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to look at that for sure. Awesome. This was a good episode. This was a good episode. See, and good job, Sally, everybody. Sally was not left to to linger too long. She probably appreciated a break from your presence. And, I figured she would. <laughs> and also, I just am super grateful that she does not actually act like the people in Bride and Prejudice because they are so incredibly dramatic and their accents are really, really thick. And I just think of Sally every time. It's amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I think she, accent track. she would fucking hate this. Yeah, she would. She and would. I can't get enough of it. All right. Oh, well, all right. Uh, I'll hit stop and we'll love you, brother. We'll wrap it up. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. Everybody say hey to Price. We will. We will probably talk to you again for the Quentin Quarantino. Yeah. Quentin Quarantino. All right. Bye. Bye. You bet. Bye. Are you trying to get crazy with this scene? Don't you know I'm local? I'm thinking it's all over when I go out drinking. Oh.